everyone. Welcome back to the Pathways to Happiness podcast. My name is Nina Levon, and today I am going to be discussing the top 15 things I did to change my own life and offering advice about how you can figure out the best ways to change your own. This comes from a question from one of our amazing listeners, so thank you so much for sending that in, and I am excited to get started, but first I want to give a quick shout out to our fantastic audience, and thank you guys so much for your tremendous support, both here and on the Nina Levon YouTube channel. I love reading your questions and comments, and you truly bring so much to the conversation, so I just wanted to, as always, extend my extreme gratitude for that. And without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into today's topic. So without overthinking, I just quickly brainstormed and wrote a list of the first things that came to my mind that I felt really changed my life. Then I looked them over, gave it a few more days to think about, refined the list. But really, I would say that probably 12 out of the 15 things were things that I had initially wrote down that just popped into my head immediately. So some of these things are just kind of habit-based, some are physical and environmental changes, and a lot of these things are mental shifts, different ways that I changed my own thinking to improve my life. So hopefully some of these things inspire you, but most importantly, I hope that it gets the ball rolling for you for really evaluating your own life and seeing where changes and improvements can be made. We have to remember always that we are the architects of our life, that we aren't just going along for the ride. Yes, there are things that we cannot change, but knowing that we can change our perspective on things and that we can change our lifestyle and our habits is really empowering because we can understand how much control we actually have over our overall experiences. So jumping right into the list, the first thing that I wrote down is that I stopped resisting life and being obsessed with certain outcomes. I think it's funny that I wrote this down first because it's just such a big topic, but this was one of the most paradigm-shifting concepts that finally sunk in after years of doing exactly the opposite. So what do I even mean by this? Isn't it good to design our life and work towards specific outcomes? Well, yes, absolutely. It's critical because when we don't do this, we just get swept up by the waves of life and we just end up wherever it is we end up. And honestly, that's how most people live their lives. That's how most people make decisions, even huge decisions, or they live where they live or they work where they work just because that was there at the moment and they just stuck with that because it seemed easier. So clearly, that strategy is not always going to lead to positive outcomes. If we get lucky, it can, but we are not always going to get lucky. So firstly, we do have to have a life direction. We have to have goals. We have to consider how we actually want our life to be like so that we have a path to follow to get there. So this all makes sense. But the problem comes in when we make our happiness conditional around all of these things happening because sometimes these things do not actually happen for whatever reason or something unexpected happens, an emergency, a huge change. Think about everything that's going on right now and how many things that are being affected. 
So we have to understand that even when we have a blueprint for our lives, it is not a guarantee. We also have to understand that our blueprint isn't always the best idea or what will bring us what we are even looking for. It absolutely has to be flexible. We need to be able to adapt to work around the things that are happening in our life and in our environment. And we need to be strong enough to not get destroyed when plans or situations change. Not only to save ourselves from heartbreak, but also to be able to be open to possibilities that might actually result in an even more positive outcome than we initially thought. So we can easily see why this concept is so important. But this was definitely not something that I put in practice for a very good portion of my life. I was so rigid. I made goals. I made plans. And it's like I sunk my nails into everything and clenched onto everything. If I felt that something was going well or that my life was going in the right direction, I was completely closed to other possibilities. This is my career. This is where I live. This is what I believe. It's like I thought... I had the whole world figured out and I really resisted change. And I think that's mainly because I liked the way my life was. I was comfortable. I was used to it. And I did not even consider different paths or different possibilities. And then, like for all of us, there were just lots and lots of big changes that came. And I started to learn really quickly that we all have two choices. We can take situations and learn and grow from them and to be open to where they are leading us or we can desperately try to cling onto a time of our life or a situation that has already passed or is changing. And what choice we take directly influences how miserable or how happy we are going to be because the truth is that there are always changes. There is always uncertainty and there are always times that life is going to force us to change paths. But it comes down to us either going with the flow and seeing what we can mold our new reality into, or fighting an endless battle to try to recreate our former reality. I knew this one guy that had a job that he really liked. Well, Maybe he didn't even really like it. It was just a job he had for a bunch of years and was really comfortable with. And let me start by saying that this guy was really, really smart. I don't know what his educational background is, but I think he has at least one degree. But either way, he's a really smart guy. So maybe like 10 years ago, his job cut his hours significantly, so much so that he had to make some really big lifestyle changes. But he's stuck with that job and he did not even consider seeing what else was out there. And then they eventually cut him to part time and he ended up losing his benefits. And again, he just stuck with it. And then a few years later, still being part time, they actually gave him an additional pay cut. And he still stayed there. And to my knowledge, he's still there to this day. And to me, this is a great example of resisting life or where it is trying to lead you. Clearly, he was getting a message that he was ignoring. And clearly, he isn't getting paid what he's worth or being respected in his workplace. And 
This happened way before the pandemic, so his options of finding another job was, you know, clearly something that was a true possibility, but he refused to be open. He just wanted to stick with what he knew, even as he saw it actively downgrading. And I think we all do this to some degree. Certainly, I was guilty of that myself, but this was a huge shift I made in my life when I realized that you do not have to fight life. You can work with life to recalculate and to form new goals and to start on a new path. We can't let our happiness be contingent on any external factor. We have to learn to trust ourselves to assess what is happening in our current reality and to look for ways to make it better in the now, which is always possible. So yes, that was a huge revelation for me. The second thing I put on my list is reading instead of going on social media or watching TV and making learning a priority. So I don't mean I've totally given up social media or television, although I did do that for two years. I now do go on social media occasionally and I do watch some TV. But I realized for myself that I start to get really bored with life and really down on myself when I don't feel like I'm growing as a person. I am incredibly intellectually curious and I find when I don't honor that side of me, I completely lose motivation and lose inspiration. But for a long time, my life was just so busy, busier than I could even ever explain. And on top of everything in my real life, I was also running a business that genuinely required me to work at least 10 hours a day, usually more, in order to keep running it and to take care of all the different aspects that were involved with it. And I'm certainly not complaining. I actually loved that job, but it consumed me so much and it took up so much of my life that I didn't think I had time for personal growth or expansion that was outside of my career path. And for many years, I barely picked up any books that didn't have to do with something I was specifically working on. And when I had a moment to sit down, I just completely wasted my time on things that didn't make me feel good about myself. I would scroll aimlessly on social media, or I would sit and watch TV shows that I didn't care about, or I wouldn't even remember. And it really started to affect my life. I really noticed how much that, you know, habit was affecting my life. And it just hit me one day how much I was craving to learn again, and that I felt that I was intellectually starving in many aspects of my life. And I just had this intense urge to devour knowledge again. I felt like I was ignoring this huge need that I had. And for so long, I didn't even realize that it was a need. But eventually, you know, it just hit me in such a strong way when I put this all together. And I think initially I went overboard with it. My schedule hadn't changed, but I just started finding any moment I could to actually sit down and read. And the second I started doing this, I realized that there really had been time all along. All that wasted time I was checking out Facebook or watching mindless TV, it was really adding 
up to a significant amount of time. So I just made this commitment to change this habit. Now, I don't know if your area has this, but I found out that where I was living that you could go to the library's website and just literally order books that would be delivered to your house for free. And if someone else had them checked out, the books that you wanted, they would be delivered to you as soon as they were available. It was just the most amazing thing. If you've never heard of this, you should definitely check with your local library and see if it's something they do because it is amazing. Now, where I am living now, that's not a thing, but that's fine with me because I actually love going to the library. It's one of my favorite days of the month. So there is just no excuse for me. I always have a book with me. If there is a down moment, I can just pull out my book. That's always in my purse. If I can't go to sleep, I have a book next to the bed. And, you know, you'd be surprised at how much reading you can actually get done even when you are really, really busy. So when I first made this change, maybe about six or seven years ago, I was just obsessed. I was reading at least one book a week, maybe two sometimes. And this is from someone who never thought they had any time to do anything at all. And the crazy thing was how much happier it made me. I realized how much I truly do hate wasting time. And for me, most of the time that I was on social media or again watching television, I was doing exactly that. And another benefit of this habit is that it gave me a much healthier relationship with these things. The time I now spend on social media, I'm much more intentional with it. It's not something that I spend time on because the line at the bank is too long. It's not something I use to avoid boredom. Same thing with TV. If the TV is on, it's because there is something on that I genuinely have interest in watching. And it's something that I feel like I can really get something out of or something I really, really enjoy. And I don't think all of these things are negative things. I think these things are fine when we use them responsibly, but I don't think that that's what I had been doing. And these things did not make me feel good about my life, but now the relationship with all these things are much more positive. So changing this habit really changed so many things about my life. I'm always inspired. I'm always learning. And that has shifted how I see the whole world. And I think that any kind of reading can be extremely beneficial. But I really do have a strong preference for nonfiction. I always have. But I don't feel that this is somehow better than fiction. It's better for me personally, because I'm engaging in reading, because I always have that goal of learning or knowing about something more specifically. But I feel it's just a great habit either way. But if you are one of those people that really don't like to read, just like at all, and I've known many people who are like that, I think the theme really just is expansion. So we can listen to TED Talks, we can watch documentaries, we can take an online course, anything, but we want to make sure that we are always learning because it is definitely directly linked with life satisfaction. The second that we aren't really taking in new information, the second our life gets stale because let's face it, for most people, our lives are very repetitive. We have the same obligations, the same habits, the same routines, the same rituals. And if we aren't careful, we just kind of stop expanding and stop growing intellectually because we are just 
trying to get through whatever it is we have to get through. And unfortunately, it's like a catch-22 because if we don't make time to grow and learn, we end up feeling like our life is just really boring, even when it's crammed with lots of stuff that we have to do all the time. So this one little habit shifted my whole paradigm. And by the way, I was asked if I could post um, monthly what I am reading. So I just started doing that. I got that question in. I posted on Instagram what I am reading this month. So if you want to check it out, please do so. And I will be happy to answer any questions about any of the books that I am reading. And I'm also always curious what everybody else is reading. So definitely leave in the comments what you are reading or what you hope to read. Or if you want some book recommendations, I would be more than happy to help you with that as well. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the third thing that I wrote, which is meditating and practicing mindfulness. And this one I won't talk for too long on because I think I mentioned this in every podcast, but I just think these are practices that can truly enhance the life of literally every person. So meditating was just a way that I could become grounded and to focus and to just take you know, this calm time to go inward, which is something that I, again, neglected for so long. And I just cannot recommend meditating enough, truly life-changing. And the other thing is practicing mindfulness. And again, that's something that I bring up so often, but it's just basically about making sure that we are in the here and now. And this was another thing that I was really never doing. I was never in the current moment. My mind was always somewhere else. I was either, you know, overthinking something that happened or ruminating over the past or just you know, taking out different aspects of my past and, you know, re-examining it from every different angle that I could think of. I habitually did this. And then I would be always thinking about the future. So, you know, I could be driving in a car and truly not see anything that was in front of me. I really had no idea what was happening because I was stuck in my head all the time. Even when I was talking to someone, I would somehow be able to be thinking about something else. So changing that habit and forcing myself to be in the now and being present, I enjoy my life so much more. Firstly, I'm aware of everything that is happening. I'm noticing everything that is happening. I'm appreciating everything that's happening and I'm truly experiencing it. And, you know, it seems so simple, but again, when you live a life where you really never do this, this is a huge change. So this is something that absolutely 100% shifted my life completely. The next thing I wrote down is that I stopped comparing myself to other people and realized this was my own journey. Um, and this is a really big point, And this was a huge shift in my life. And I think most of us are, again, very guilty of comparing ourselves to other people. We have that expression, compare despair, which I think is really true. And one of my favorite quotes by Mark Twain is that comparison is the death of joy. And I think some other versions of that is comparisons are the thief of joy. 
And, you know, this is something that is actually evidence-based, that research has actually shown us that when we compare ourselves, it really contributes to low self-esteem, to, you know, depression, to anxiety, to envy, and all these other negative emotions. Yet, we engage in comparison all the time. We are constantly comparing ourselves to pretty much everybody, you know, consciously and unconsciously we do this. And certainly one of the biggest places that we can see this is in social media where we can really make pretty direct comparisons or we feel like we can make direct comparisons, which is not actually the case. We are always comparing apples to oranges because we are comparing our real life and our real truth to someone's kind of made up reality that they are putting out there. So if we think for a second, the things that people are putting on Instagram really has, you know, much basis to their real life. We're really kidding ourselves because this is definitely a highlight reel. This is definitely something constructed. This is what people, you know, want us to see about their life. And we take all these great things that they want us to see and we compare them to what is actually happening, you know, in our real life. We're in our pajamas and we're looking at people all glammed up and we can see why, you know, this can be so damaging to ourselves. We can see how it can lead us to really devalue ourselves. And, you know, this is extremely dangerous territory that we enter. And this is a habit that I had as well. But once I realized how damaging it was, this was something that I worked diligently to stop doing. Now, of course, it happens sometimes, but I have learned to be able to catch myself and to really, you know, change that behavior when I notice it happening. We have to understand that if we want to live a life that is fulfilling to us, we need to focus on our own life and we need to dedicate our energy and our time to the things that matter to us. We need to keep our focus really in the right place. So it's going to be a losing battle when we compare ourselves to other people because there's just always someone we can find that we feel that is doing better than us or looks better than us or is more successful or, you know, whatever it is that we value. There's always going to be someone that we feel is doing a little bit better. But what does that matter? That is their life and that does not even mean that they're happy with it. Just because they have something that we value, it doesn't mean that they even value it. They could be, you know, projecting this image that seems really fantastic, but in real life, they aren't that happy. And we can see that all the time with celebrities and, you know, the unfortunate thing that happens to celebrities a lot of the time. So it's definitely a losing battle. And it's not how we want to evaluate our own self-worth. So once I changed this habit, I really started feeling so much better about myself and started to really see all the good things that I did have in my life. And, you know, they had always been there, but I never really saw them because I always thought, well, you know, it could be better. This person has it better. I could be doing more. This person is, is doing more. And I would just kind of keep my focus on my own lane. And, you know, it is just so much 
more satisfying and definitely a lot more healthy. So that is something that I definitely suggest as a reminder to you to really be aware of how much time we are spending comparing ourselves to other people. And when we find ourselves doing it, just bring our time and attention back to ourselves because that is what we control. And that is what we are going to be able to change. We really can't influence other people. All we can do is influence our own self. All right. The next thing I put down is making sleep a priority. Now, this again seems really, really basic, but I think most people don't follow that advice. And that's something that I certainly did not. I was so sleep deprived for so many years that I don't even think I was thinking straight a lot of the time. And I know that is the case for a lot of parents, especially new moms and dads. When they have a little one in the house, the sleep becomes, you know, very, very precious and very, very unavailable a lot of times. But other times it just comes down to priorities and it comes down to habits and realizing how important getting enough sleep really is. And if you want to know more about sleep deprivation, I made a video about it on the Nina Levon YouTube channel. I will link that below if you're watching this podcast through YouTube. Otherwise, you can just type in Nina Levon sleep deprivation and you will find that video there. But For me, I went so many years without getting enough sleep that I think it definitely started to affect my personality. It affected so many different aspects of my life. And once I made changes, it just changed everything for me because I could, you know, finish my thoughts. I wasn't as emotional. I was much more stable. I was able to think clearly for the first time in a long time. And For me, it was just really, you know, shifting things in my schedule. I always said, well, you know, I really don't have time to sleep. You know, what what time is there going to be? But in reality, there were so many things in my life that I could have cut out that I didn't cut out. And once I realized that I needed to, you know, find time, I was able to find that time. And there were, you know, a lot of things in my life again that weren't that meaningful for me or that, you know, I was not being as efficient as I could be in and I was able to make changes. And now to this day, sleep is an absolute priority to me. You know, maybe I will go every once in a while a day that I don't get enough sleep for whatever reason, but I definitely try to make up that time. And I know for myself that I would rather sleep than do this or that. So, I mean, I still enjoy my life. I do lots and lots of things, but I'm very honest about how much sleep that I need because I know how differently I felt once I did make it a priority. So if you are one of the people like so many of us out there are that are really kidding yourself about how much sleep you need, please just do an experiment for one week where you actually get seven to nine hours of sleep every single night, or you attempt to, even if you are just resting and in bed, and just see for yourself how differently you feel. You will feel like a completely different person. So that's something that I did that changed my life dramatically. And 
The next thing that I wrote down is also kind of a physical health type of thing, and that is that I started running. I've always been someone that enjoys exercising and enjoys moving, but I never considered running before. That was not appealing to me whatsoever. That just sounded miserable to me. And now it's something that I actually love. And it is a very essential part of my day. I was actually really disappointed today because it is storming like crazy outside. So I was not able to run. But for me specifically running, and if you don't like running, you, you know, walking is really the same thing, going out and walking. Just getting outside when you exercise is so amazing. There is something so powerful about being outdoors. You just feel so connected with the universe. You just feel connected to nature. You remember that, you know, no matter how big your problems are, that there's this whole bigger world out there. You just realize that you're just part of something more. So I love being outside. And just that time that I used to run, it's like meditation. It is introspection. There are so many positive different things that are happening when I am running. So I think of it as the big three. I'm getting my exercise. I am getting outdoors. And I am really, you know, spending this quality time inside my own brain, which is very important to set up the day. I really think about my intentions for the day. And again, it's kind of like a time of meditation as well. But that is another really positive habit. And again, if you do not like running, that is totally fine. And a lot of people cannot run because of physical constraints or, you know, uh, weak knees or different issues like that. So it's not always healthy for everyone. But walking, if you're able to do that, is the same thing. But if not, just some kind of exercise every single day, especially if you are a person that suffers from anxiety. While it is not a cure for anxiety, it certainly helps reduce the symptoms of anxiety for many, many people. So just another reason to really make sure that you get your exercise in. Okay, so the next one is actually a mental shift, and this one was a really big one for me as well, and that is completely respecting the opinions of others and being okay when people disagree with me or judge me. Now, that's not an absolute either. You know, we don't have to respect the opinions of others that are actually harmful, but I'm just saying in a general sense, being okay that other people have differences in opinions and not feeling that need to try to sway their opinion so that, you know, they think exactly the same way that we do. So again, I'm not talking about in situations where there's injustice or things like that. I'm just talking about general opinions of things. It used to be very important to me that people understood why I thought the way I thought or why I lived the way I lived or, you know, whatever it is. But I really started to understand that it was okay for people to think and be a completely different way. That is totally fine. They don't need to think and be like me for me to love and accept them. And understanding also that no matter what I do, there's always going to be people that disagree with me or judge me. And you know, we get into this habit of trying to control how other people see us or make sure that, again, they 
understand you know why what we are doing is right or just or true to ourselves or you know why we are being authentic and i realize now that it is never possible for people to truly get what we're going through first of all people are judging us because they're looking at us through their own mindset through their own life experiences and judging us by how they would act in the same situation, which would be completely different. And they also can never really understand what's going on for, for us. They never really understand what situation that we are in. Maybe they can know the external factors, but they are not able to combine that with our own internal factors. So there's only so much understanding that someone's going to be able to, to have. And that makes it very easy for people to judge us because they think they understand understand. And that makes perfect sense. And, you know, we, we think that we understand what's going on for other people, which makes it very easy for us to make judgments of them. But I really try not to, to judge people anymore. I know that in life, we're all just kind of doing the best we can with, with what we have. None of us are, are perfect. And we are all just working with our own circumstances, both external and internal. And for the most part, people generally are good people. So if they make different decisions, if they have different lives, different thoughts, different judgments, I'm going to be okay with that for the most part. And the same thing with, you know, trying to control how people are thinking about me. I have to accept the fact that, you know, people may come to conclusions that I don't like, but that doesn't mean that I have to endlessly defend myself or try to get them to understand my story or to know where I am coming from. Of course, with the, you know, the people that you love, you try to do that as much as possible, but we have to know that there's just only so much that someone's going to be able to truly understand that. So it's just for me, it was coming to this understanding and acceptance of other people, you know, both how they are and how they are choosing to view me as well. And I kind of went into a lot more detail about this in the last podcast about how to care less what other people think of you. And it, it's really not about apathy. Again, we can care about other people, but we don't have to let their opinions and judgments of us influence our life in negative ways. So if you want to check out that podcast, again, that was the last one that was posted before this one. Okay, so the next thing I put down is learning to question my thoughts, and that is another huge one. So like most people, the first thought that used to pop into my mind, I used to kind of honor that thought and ride that train of thought, whether or not it was rational in any way, shape, or form. So what ended up happening for me is I was creating all these stories in my mind all the time based on, you know, things that were completely illogical or, you know, thoughts that had been catastrophized to such a degree that, you know, I'm surprised I got out of bed in the morning because I could really terrify myself thinking about all these things that I was telling myself all the time. But I learned the skill of questioning my thoughts and realizing that our thoughts really do determine our reality. They really help create our reality. So it's very important that we have control over what we are thinking about and that we learn to question our thoughts that are irrational and our automatic thoughts because so many of us have automatic thoughts and left unquestioned 
who knows what miserable road we are going to be led onto because we're, we are very creative people. We start to, you know, again, create all these different scenarios in our head and it becomes very difficult to separate fantasy from reality because we get paranoid. We, you know, maybe this could happen. What if this? What if that? And so what I suggest here is learning the practice of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what I use and help my clients with for really questioning our automatic thoughts and irrational beliefs. And I made a whole video on how to do this as well. This is a process that you can do with a therapist, or you can certainly learn to do on yourself. And I definitely recommend even if you practice this with a therapist, that you learn to do this on a daily basis by yourself. So that video is also up on the Nina Lavani YouTube channel. It is cognitive behavioral therapy as self therapy, I think is the name of that video. But that is a wonderful skill to have. And that is something that absolutely changed my life because once I learned that I can question my thoughts and that, you know, my brain was not always telling me something that is true, that was life changing for me because again, if a thought popped into my head before it could ruin my whole day. So it is true what they say, change your thoughts, change your life, 100% true. So that is definitely something that made my list. All right, so the next thing I wrote down is checking in with my mental health and making self-care a priority. So I strongly suggest this for every human being on earth to pay attention to how we are feeling. It is amazing how much we can ignore even huge signs that our body is giving us that things aren't going well or things aren't quite right. And we need to make sure that we are paying attention to these signs and honoring ourselves when our body is really giving us the signal, hey, you need to slow down, you need to relax, you need to question this relationship or, you know, whatever it is telling us, we need to take a step back and really think about that. We need to analyze, again, our thoughts. We need to you know, figure out what is going on in our life. And we need to make sure that we are checking in with ourselves, even when we feel that our life is going well. We need to schedule time, you know, every few days, if not every single day, and just kind of run through everything that is going on and really spending that time on ourselves, really in introspection, making sure that we are knowing what our needs are and fulfilling those needs and taking the time we need for the things that are important to us. So the second part of this was self-care and that could come down to anything. I always talk about how self-care isn't just about bubble baths. I mean, it can be, you know, one aspect of it, but we need to take care of ourselves in all our different realms of, of wellness. So definitely we want to be checking in with ourselves, And it really changed my life when I started not only giving myself those daily checks and seeing where I'm at and seeing what the concerns are so they don't kind of build up into big issues. It's almost like preventative care when we do this. And by self-care for me, you know, the biggest one really was getting enough sleep. But I try to take care of myself in all the ways that I feel that I need to. So if that means that I don't go to a function, or if that means that I need to take a half hour to write in my journal, whatever it is that I know is going to be mentally or physically healthier, I try to make sure that I am truly making time for those things. 
All right, just a couple more left. The next one I wrote down was learning to be assertive and to set boundaries. Now, this is something that I did not come into this world with. This was not a skill that I knew at all. Being assertive was completely foreign to me because by nature, I want to please other people. I want to do everything for everybody. That is, you know, how I am as a person. But I had to learn that I need to be part of this mix too. So going back to that, even that self-care, making myself a priority as well. We can't have everybody else be a priority, but we're not a priority, which is exactly what I was doing all the time. And we see how dangerous this is. And I always say it's just like they tell you when you are on an airplane to put on your own oxygen mask first so that you are able to to care for your children and for the, you know the, all the other things that you need to to care about but so many of us fail to do that so i needed to learn to be assertive and to tell people this is something I don't have time for or this is something that you know is problematic for me I don't like when you are gossiping or you know whatever it is whatever you feel like you want to say but you can't we just try to find the kindest way that we can say that to people and to, to set those boundaries. And I'm going to be doing a whole video on boundaries coming up because I think that is something that so many of us struggle with us. We just kind of feel that different people have us by the arm and we just have to get pulled in all kinds of different directions. But again, it comes back to setting those boundaries and realizing what it is we can actually take on in our life. So look for that coming up if you are struggling with boundaries as well. And don't feel guilty if you are. Again, most of us really struggle with creating these necessary boundaries. Okay, so the next thing I wrote down was creating balance in my life, having a schedule that is realistic. So we kind of touched upon that before, but I think that's something that we all need to remember that our life has to be something that is actually enjoyable, which means that it can't be focused too heavily in any direction because for life to be fulfilling and to, you know, have strong mental and physical health, we, we do need to have balance. We need to have many different aspects in our life, but the way that life goes for so many people, we do just become so hyper-focused in one area, whether that be our career or being a parent, let's say, or you know whatever role we have. A lot of times we put almost all our time and energy into this area and we ignore all the other aspects of our life. And eventually we realize that we really can't live that way. So just, you know, looking at our life, which is something that I had to do and say, you know, how can I make this more balanced? How can I get everything accomplished that I need to get accomplished, but still spend enough time by myself or spend time doing something that is enjoyable, spend time with my family, incorporate all these other things that are also very important that we often have to just kind of put on the back burner because we have so many obligations. We have to live a life that has actual balance in it. So a lot of times that comes to sitting down and running out, where am I spending my time and energy and seeing if everything is deserving of your time and energy. Most of the time we have things in our life that could be removed 
but you know they've just been a part of our life for so long or we're just used to them but we realize that as human beings we grow and evolve and our priorities shift so some of these things that are still on our schedule probably aren't that important to us or there's just you know things that can be removed like i said this is extreme but for me i did truly end up cutting out all television and all social media completely for two full years. Now, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I just didn't have any time. And I didn't want to live life like this anymore. I wanted I wanted to, to, to create time and I wanted to make sure that I was living a life that was balanced and that I was making time for things that were important. And for me, those were two things that I could easily remove and it created a lot of time and space for me. And once I had that time and space, I was able to reevaluate lots of different aspects of my life because when our life is so stuffed, one of the things that it really steals from us is that ability to see the big picture because we're so tired. We are so overcommitted. So, you know, it's just looking for all those things that could be potentially removed or at least, again, put on the back burner for some time so that we can reorganize our life into something that works a lot better for us. So that was another change that really helped me out as well. So the next thing that I wrote is being okay with not having final answers. And what I mean by that is for me in my life, I wanted everything to be black and white, which lead me to make conclusions a lot of times that weren't necessarily true. I wanted to know definitively what the answer to this was, you know, these big philosophical questions. And I think as people, we have to be continuously searching and that this is something that is valuable and important to consider. And these are still questions that I absolutely consider. But now, you know, the big change for me was that I can say, you know what, I, I don't know the answer to this. I, I don't know as a human being if I can ever really know the answer to this. Because I think a lot of what made me uncomfortable in the past, I had kind of this cognitive dissonance where I wanted answers or I was clinging to answers for a lot of these things. But I wasn't really sold on the decisions that I had made about these things. And now... Instead, I can say to myself, you know, this is a question that I can try to answer throughout my lifetime. I can try to get more information about. And just realizing as a human being, we think we have so many aspects of this universe figured out, but, you know, a lot is a mystery. And now I really embrace that mystery and I'm okay realizing that there's more I can learn about these different things. So this was a very positive shift for me as well. Okay, the next one is getting to know myself and figuring out my needs. And again, this is something that seems so obvious. We think we we know ourselves so well, but if we look at our lives a lot of times, we aren't fulfilling our own needs. And a lot of that comes down to not knowing we have the needs. Remember, I discussed how for me, I didn't realize how much growing and continuously learning how important that had been to me. I didn't know that was a need and it took me really using a lot of introspection and finally just coming to that conclusion. But that's just one small example. So many times in life, we we have so many needs and we're trying to, to fill them in such odd ways because we don't really know that need is there. So we're just kind of trying to placate ourselves or trying to 
fill these needs in ways that really aren't healthy because we're not addressing them head on. So we can't really address our needs until we know what they are. And so for me, it was just going through this process of getting to know myself again and getting to know who I am at this stage in in my life because we do change as people. The person you are right now is not the same person that you were five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but yet we try to do all the same things that we used to do because we think that that's what's going to make us happy or that's what's going to fulfill our needs. But we need to get to know ourselves how we are now and see how our needs have changed and what we need to do to make ourselves happier in this moment. So that was another big realization for me. Okay, so the next one is, oh, we're getting close to the end here. This is number 14. I forgave myself for past mistakes. I stopped ruminating over things that I can't control anymore. Now, this is something that we've talked about on many of the podcasts because this is a theme that I see come up over and over for just about every person where, you know, we sometimes think we are over the past but it's still haunting us somewhere in the background or we still just have these deep regrets about things that we wish we could do better. And I was definitely no different. I certainly had things that I realized that I was still punishing myself for, mistakes that I felt that I had made, things that I felt that I could have done better. But again, we have to understand that the person we were at that time, the, how we were feeling at that time, what we were going through. And we can't fully understand that now because we're at a different moment in time. And that person that we were at that time, that was the best they could do. That was it. That was how they could handle the problem. And we have to be accepting of that because firstly, we can't go back in time and fix it. Whatever happened, happened. And secondly, we just have to offer love to that that past self because they were probably going through a lot. And, you know, again, they did the best they could. So when I realized that I had to offer myself that love and just be accepting that, yes, I made mistakes in the past, doesn't make me a bad person. That didn't make me a bad person then. I was, you know, doing the best I could at that time as well. And accepting that I'm taking responsibility for these actions, yet I am going to choose to do better in the future and that I'm going to continuously evolve and to offer myself love during that process. So that was another thing. And I have several videos that I made on this topic because it is something that so many of us struggle with. So you can search those up as well. But we have to understand that we can't control everything. And when there are things in our life that we can no longer control, ruminating over them or thinking about them endlessly does not help anything. It can't solve any problems. All it does is just lead us to suffer again. So it's like we already have this wound, but we are kind of reopening that wound every single time. And I'm not saying that we need to push these things away or never think about them again, but we don't need to ruminate over them. We can heal the past and we can really heal these wounds and move on and focus on the future. And the last thing I have is just having this attitude of, gratitude. And not that I wasn't a grateful person before, but 
really choosing to focus on the blessings in my life has not only helped me to see the blessings in my life, but also to expand the blessings because whatever you focus on really is what's going to expand in your life. And when you think about all the positives or you choose to see things in a way that is positive and truly offer gratitude for these things, it definitely makes you a happier person and it really shifts your focus to the things that are positive. And that is exactly the shift that I made. And again, I've always been an optimistic person and I feel that I have been you know, grateful for most things in my life, but truly making that you know, full shift towards gratitude is something that has been one of the most paradigm shifting things in my life. What I can suggest to you, if this is something that is new for you or hard for you, especially when you're going through something that is challenging, it's hard to feel grateful when we are in the midst of something that is very difficult that is going on. But if we keep a gratitude journal, that can be helpful. And if we, you know, spend time, let's say, in meditation or time with ourselves to specifically think about the things that we are grateful in our life for we're going to find those things and it's going to remind us that there is good. And sometimes we just have to bring our intention to thinking about that. So those are the 15 things that immediately came to my mind when I sat down to really answer that question about the top things that changed my life. So again, it was a mix of a lot of mental things, a lot of physical things, um, a lot of habit changing. And so my invitation to you overall is to look at your life and see what's not working. That's where we start with all of this. And recently I made a video about creating new paths in our life and how to find our path. And that video, if you want to look for that, if you're really at a point where you have no idea how to make changes in your life, that video can be very helpful. Again, if you are listening to this through YouTube, I will link that one down below for you as well. But otherwise, go ahead and and look that up if you are just feeling like, you know, I have no idea. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I don't know what needs to be changed. That can really be a starting point. But really overall, I think the starting point is to think about what is not making you happy. So then we can compare it to thinking about what would you like for your life? We can always make positive changes in our life. It's never, ever too late. And I know a lot of times we just get to this point where we are just comfortable. We just are, we're just here and we don't have the motivation to change. But even starting with that, the smallest of changes in our life, it is amazing how much it can energize us and inspire us and just remind us that we have control. If we're not happy with our life, it is something that we, you know, can change. But we forget that because we just get beaten down by life a lot of times and, and we, we don't actively try to influence our life for the better, but just knowing that we can be empowered and that we can make this change can make all the difference in the world from, you know, finding that inspiration to move on and to go ahead and lead our best life. So I truly hope this episode was healing and helpful to you. Please let me know in the comments what things you did find that you related to the most and what things in your life that you plan on changing and how you plan to go about doing that. I would love to hear about that. 
As always, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I greatly look forward to talking to you the next time. And I truly hope that your day is amazing. See you next time, guys.